Hey there, everyone. This is Dr. T. Tavo D'Arcy of Tavo Creative Leadership at the DFW Leader Online Ministry Fellowship and the Abiding Relationship Theology, both the website and the YouTube. We're here today just to discuss a couple of fine points. One is, when you get into Christian ministry right now and, and the grassroots, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, <laughs> legalism and domination in certain quarters. People usually that were raised in the country, maybe, and I was not. But also people who didn't have a good history of maybe relationships growing up, or they were back under the law a lot, and that's powerfully big. So when I mentioned, well, what happened was I started noticing when I moved to the Deep South and I relocated, I thought, I've never seen Roman patricianism, aristocracy and ministry up close every turn in certain parts. And then I never saw that when I walk into a room as a female sent on my assignment in this earth in a Western European female earth suit, just like you were sent in whatever earth suit you have tailor-made by God for your mission as a Christian or as a not, I realized that it would just cause a stir. And I'd seen this certain stir on the East Coast when I'd gone to study worship, the spirit of prophecy in different groups. And I would always invite somebody to go alone with me, along with me, because I enjoy company. But nobody could ever go. They were too busy. They couldn't afford it. And so I had a very secure father of my children, husband, and it was not a big deal when the Lord would say go, because he was always, you know, an anchor disposition. So I would go, and everything would be fine because of our family, but I didn't realize it really made a big difference to what I call now the Levitical patriarchs, basically among them the Eli Temple Compassion Fatigue Priesthood, who are very usually busy, They've seen it all, done it all. They're now middle-aged, all-wise. And then they sort of perceive from afar rather than speak personally or want to speak. Sort of a caustic Christ following. And I, Lord, reveal that. And I put it on many blogs and have a leader in the 2013-14s. But it's about Eli's that when the busy, tired, middle-aged, fatigue, compassion fatigue, East priesthood too much he tended to use he tended to use stereotypes and the levitical patriarch history going back to levi himself which was caustic his wife was disfavored his his mother leah was the disfavored ugly one rejected he grew up in a murderous he and his brother murdered and slaughtered a tribe when they raped their sister even his father said don't do that so that caustic christ falling that caustic levitical root comes up once in a while and it comes out in Levitical patriarchism. So I did a research on for the body of Christ to help spare them this on Levi prophetic roots. That's why I studied this. You can read about Levi yourself. The issue is that when you get out with the group, you have different doctrines. Some of them are covering doctrines. And I found out when I went in certain groups that as a female it was like I was a piece of meat. I wasn't respected. I wasn't wanted. I was just like, oh yeah, it's another woman here to service. Maybe pay your tithe. It was a general strange, not Baptist, not denominational, not black, ever. It was a strange projection, and I am a prophet seer for many years. And I was like, 
wanting fellowship and seeing, do I really want to be a part of this ministry fellowship? But when you feel like you walk in and there's this stereotype, you're racially profiled, it is so unbecoming a Christian minister. And that's why I'm talking on it. When I talk to certain ones in the African-American community of ministers, like a black bishop friend, and he'd been around one of these who he's a, was a Pentecostal, more than they. And he said, when I walked in there, they froze up, just like they seem to do with this kind of person. And my personality is very James 3.17. I can be a very wallflower, usually, when I'm a new person, an extrovert when I need to be. And I'm just a servant leader, so I was at a roll with the flow. I check out the flow. I see who's in charge, what they're saying, and I'm a noble Berean, but I never monkey with their flow. If it's that bad, I'll just leave, which I haven't really had to very often. And I'm one that is easily, James 3.17, easily entreated. That means I've never been a controller, not into control, and I'm not into politics. I think young, and I'm not in a package of a young person, a millennial, but I think like them. So I'm not the, I'm a typical. So it makes me want to go into the details to spare people that are very credible, that are very wonderful, that are made by God on their mission, but they don't look like you or act like you or come in your packaging. So when I would go and I just spied out the lands of what they call spiritual authority, spiritual government, who are you under teaching, which was one of my major discoveries after getting into the Holy Spirit tongue-talking groups in the 80s, 90s, in the East Coast, and never having been around that kind of charismatic, what do you call it, relationship issue of only males do this, only males can do that, and usually they're not, they're white males, with very few in their few people that are black in their leadership, if any, and barely any woman, maybe one or two here and there, but very rarely any authority. So I looked at doctrine. I thought, you know, I'm not going to join these people, but I respect them, but I'm going to see what they believe. And I thank God for my freedom in Christ that I wasn't raised back like chattel under the law, a piece of meat, but I was raised with respect as a human being first, and then as a Christian, whatever God tells you to do, just do it. And so I wasn't raised back under the law. Therefore, I pick it up really quickly as a discerner, perceiver in God's ministry. So when I was teaching on males, leader males, Bible doctrine, Genesis, pre-law, and we find Adam is formed before Eve. He's formed and spoken to by God about the tree. Do not eat of that tree before Eve is formed. Then Eve is formed. And then you know what goes on in real life, and you have all the, all the hodgepodge of doctrine and ministry in Christian sense. Woman, thou art bound, Bishop Jakes. Woman, thou art loosed, praise God. And we find the legalism that exists in relationships. Certain groups I found, not Baptist, all that are believe in the Holy Spirit. Only men should lead. Women are held back because they're underminers, accusers, and witches, and all this stuff, which I won't even go in. It's that bad. So then you think, well, why are people falling for it? Because they're trained, they're bred. It's just like a spirit. So then I teach, let's clarify. I'm teaching chain of command, order of the home, and I'm going to submit it to you, not as dogma, but as sila, not as legalism, but I get the freedom 
according to Ephesians 4, common doctrine to believe this, and I'm saying it, this is my policy. When you look at Adam and Eve, yes, there is such a thing as chain of command, head of home. However you get in real life, you'll find out who is the head of home. It's a single person. They're the head of home with God. I believe in marriage, legally wed Christian marriage, that are trying to both abide by the Bible as being, and if they're hopefully equally yoked, equally on fire for the Lord, I will pattern it marriage teaching on Ephesians 5.21 plus 5.22, which says 5.21, everyone submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, male and female, man and wife, husband and everybody in the body. Every Christian. All right. After that, it says to the woman, wives, submit to your husbands. But as I look back to my whole family, my mother, my happy mother and dad, my relatives, my grandparents, and people that I would trust and know as friends through the years, I would say, well, they act like, I didn't, no one said, Tavo, you got to act in Ephesians 21 and 22. No, I just thought of God, you know, God revealed it. And I said, that's what I was watching and I didn't know it. These people are both mutually submitted in the fear of the Lord in their home. And if there's an issue, then the female trusts the godly man to go pray about it. And he's the tiebreaker. After that, it makes Ephesians 5.22 easy, much more simple. Because two people have God's heart in mind, not their own. Two people have Jesus on their throne, not themselves, not their ego. They're not vying for control. They're not trying to see one over the other. They're not into demeaning or belittling one another, trying to see who owns each other. It's a submitted James 3.17 on top of that, that any wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, they're acting like it, and pure, peaceable, easily entreated, which is respectful, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, and that's how I believe in it, without hypocrisy. So this is a relationship level that we should cross, and we should really get, that's part of a relationship, abiding relationship theology. The other part is when you get out with the different kinds of Christians, you'll find, and usually they come, I think, more country background. I think that teaching is from the traditions of the spiritual fathers of long ago, but it's in males or females, and maybe it's based on a not a very mature, healthy relationship of respect toward women. That maybe they've heard the old evil woman, the old vixen Jezebel tales back in the lore. Now see, my father had a church in the country, so I was, and where I used to live, they were mostly rural. So I've been a country preacher too. But I wasn't raised at the level of poor manners, or poor doctrine, or poor me pitiful I'm the victim. That old mean witchy woman's come in and I heard her. My mama used to warn me about them and all that type of fatiguing thing. So I'm teaching up front that this is going on and it has gone and we need to not let it go on because it hurts relationships. It hurts Jesus' name. It's legalistic and accusing. So if you think somebody's a Jezebel or somebody's a witch, you assess it. Oh, I think they might be, but you don't accuse them unless you've spoken to them in Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17 in a respectful leadership manner. If they are that bad and they are a Jezebel, 
because there are some, but they could be male or female, a controlling, dominating individual teaching false doctrine. Then your Bible tells you when it talks about the Jezebel in Church of Thyatira, Revelation 3, it says that the pastor was the one that got rebuked for not being human enough, man enough, to go over and talk to her and set her down. He said, why do you tolerate that Jezebel? Why do you tolerate that false teacher happen to be a woman? Are you scared? Don't you know I have my might and power inside you that I'm there? And according to Matthew 18:15, that if you are that much of a wuss, that tired that you can take somebody with you? So we have to go back and really, you know, and I apologize to those who've, who are offended because they didn't know this kind of relationship stuff goes on but you know what the world is it's a warning really because it's too many people moving in from all sorts of backgrounds all sorts of racial experiences all sorts of bias issues persecution all sorts of states and around the globe all sorts of backgrounds and histories that if you're not relationship ready and of the fear of the Lord and real love for them and real respect no matter what their age their gender their look their kind God is going to hold you responsible. That is the word. So, as we get on our back on to the topic of order, I believe there is chain of command in the New Testament, and I believe that if you hear the word, which is out in the same group, in the body of Christ, and it says you have to be covered if you're a woman, that is huge on the East Coast and out here certain groups what is testament or law it's law the only i looked up covering the only covering mentioned is in the new testament is god's god's love covers the multitudes of sin and i think that's exactly right it can cover god a multitude of sins errors ignorant behaviors and even false accuser doctrine the only love, the only covering beside that in the New Testament sense that's not back under the law, rules conscious made by men, Levitical men, would be prayer covering. I believe in a lot of prayer covering. I'd like more right now. My mama died and my grandmother died and a lot of the prayer warriors got older and I need more prayer protection. That's true covering. If you have people that speak into your life and being accountable in ministry, I abide by that. I grow for that. Because you need more people to watch your back in the spirit and hold you accountable, but not legalistically do it in love. And then to shoot straight and be plain so you don't mess it, miss it. And they love you enough to speak up and confront you without letting you just be, without being namby-pamby. So you don't get flaky. So in the Old Testament, prior to the law, there was no need for control. There was no need to set watch and keep up watchers and overseers to make sure they behaved. Why? Because they all behaved and, and they all got along and there was no issue of control in the garden pre-sin. So chain of command, when you get back to the New Testament, yes there is sin, yes there's human nature. So what I do is say you have to train people, you have to train a lot of people, Christians, what you do controlled and you don't want to be a controller you want to be like James 317 in the church house in the ministry in the fellowship in your 
friend's house, in your house. But it's going to take God's help because you're not going to always feel like it. You want to act like pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality at all times. The good fruit part is Galatians 5, 23 which is love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, self-control, which is a huge part of government, everyone's government. So the teaching goes then about spiritual authority. You go into somebody's house and they have a revelation from the Lord about this kind of Christian and the kind of doctrine and the kind of Jesus they want to portray. Some are more back into the Old Testament, some are not. Some want to be all wild and crazy, some do not. That is your choice according to Ephesians 4. You don't have to go to all these churches. You go to the right one. See, this is the freedom, but you've got to figure out how to be free, that, what fits when you're sent by the Lord. So you go into these and you find out, all right, how do I teach people without controlling them, without demeaning them, without using legalistic law to put fear on them or get all the other people in the audience to put prayer pressure using the law, shaming them and gossiping about them because they're church hoppers or not under somebody famous or not under a local pastor, not under their kind of you know, spiritual authority. That is big in the grassroots. It is in the land. Many states, many states. So the idea is you teach people right now. You teach people you're above board and you say, everybody, here's how you do it. When you walk into any church, any fellowship, any prayer meeting, any business office, anybody's house, you observe the boundaries you see who's in charge what their rules are you discern and perceive the boundaries who the leaders are who you are you're not a leader so you're under there while you're there you're under their authority then you act respectfully abiding in james 317 unless you're spoken to you don't blurt out you don't control you don't rob you don't take attention and bring it on yourself you don't undermine the leader so therefore you can go anywhere and be fine you can go anywhere and fit in James 317 if you get there though and you find people are rude are accusers boasters liars proud legalistic so they are like a cult then that falls under 2nd Timothy 316 excuse me that's Another verse, which is really good, Second Timothy three one through five. Ironically, at the same pa- uh, same Bible chapter, where it says, "If they're lovers of themselves, accusers, boasters, over time, denying the power of God, all these different things, big egos, using people, hurting people, not into relationships, more into stuff and power." Paul commands from such turn away, and you can. I told people, I've thought many years about this because I heard so much doctrine going on about this church hopping or covering stuff where I used to live. And I thought, you know what? I believe, and they were complaining, I'd meet all these people not in church, good people, quality Christians. And that was, it was like amazing. I thought I was analyzing because I could sit with both groups and get along great. So what I would do would say, well, Lord, what's going on in in the kingdom here? What's going on in the Christian church? And I figured, you know, I always thought that that prophetic statement 
of 2 Timothy 1 through 5 would be the last days non-saint, would be the last days non-believer that said, all the people, you know, we'd better be careful because in the last days, all these people would be boasters and accusers and lovers of themselves, etc., turn away. And I thought that'll be easy. But I didn't realize it could be ministry. The Christian born-again ministry. That's why I'm teaching on it now to make it plain. It is there. The issue is God's love covers a multitude of sins. And there needs to be prayer. Holy Spirit prayer for conviction. Good teaching, line upon line. And then really being thankful for the good people that are doing the real work of the Lord. There is a godly remnant. There always is a godly remnant. Even in the Pharisees, the males who are there in charge when Jesus came, the Levitical Pharisees, Levitical patriarchs, women were second-class citizen. Jesus didn't throw stones at anybody. You can find out that even in the system of the Levitical patriarch systems and the Pharisees, accusers, watchers, doubters, that there is always a remnant, which is example of Zacharias, the father, priest of John the Baptist, married to Elizabeth, cousin of Mary, Jesus' mother. So I want to point out that this is difficult for me to say but it's because it's not PC it's not popular but that's one reason is one of my verses for my ministry that starter verse has been since the 80s 2nd Timothy 3 16 and 7 that God's word is profitable for instruction reproof doctrine and correction so that the man and woman of God filled with faith the human of God will be thoroughly furnished let's look around at your ministry in my house and yours are we thoroughly furnished no we're not there yet so maybe we better allow ourselves to get more instruction maybe a couple of doctrinal handy adjustments maybe we need to let ourselves submit to being reproved which is this what this is and then even corrected so I'm not coming down on anybody, but I'm coming out on the fruit, the insane, caustic relation. Certain persons who happen to be biased <laughs> or ignorant. The Bible says that the gospel, the good news, was first given to untrained and ignorant men. Untrained and ignorant humans, God quickly gave the gospel then he practically left after three years the only issue is Jesus Christ and the father didn't intend for them to remain that way and that's what we have now we have legalism we have back under the law we have finger pointing we have you know overseers gone wild in certain places and then we have caustic Christ following and PC nobody dares stand up because they don't want to offend the leader they'd rather offend God like offend everybody that will make them make them look at me bad and accuse me of not being sweet like Jesus but instead they're offending God and I'd rather please God than please you anyway that's it for now God bless you God loves you 
I'm not like this in real life unless I feel the anointing on me to speak it out because I'm teaching how to be a Christian. I'm teaching Christians what a real Christian is. certain parts I need to grow as a real Christian on other parts that are not this. But everybody, that's what we're called to be in unity in a body in Christians, Christian community. Everyone, Ephesians 4, walking in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering with one another in relationships, enduring, as well as knowing that, that we have privilege from the Lord to be noble Bereans and sort out and believe the common doctrine, which is when Lord, when faith, when baptism, when God the Father of us all, and then to work together as office ministers, black and white, north and south, Hispanic and Asian, old and young, to work together to be on the same page of the common doctrine and leadership so that we can teach and build the faith and the conviction can come to clean up Christ's body. And once the anointing comes, that teaching, that unity comes in the body, then it says that the body of Christ transforms. It has less winds of doctrine, less accusation, less con artists, it says, just to name a couple of things. But then that gets the that sign gets the witness, the attention of the secular world, and it transforms slowly the society. So I think that's what we need now. That's why I'm putting it so plain and being out here so so widely wild, surprisingly wild, when I'm really basically happier being mild. God bless you. Have a great day. This is Tavo DRC. I love team teaching. If you want to do that, let us know. God bless you and have a great one. The Lord is good. Bye-bye.